Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to what? What survived? Oh yeah, welcome back to another episode of Best of Five. Sorry we were out last week. Lots of emergencies happened, like uh, me getting hungry. (laughs) That's the emergency you're going with. Yep, I got hungry and I didn't want to do the. I'm totally like kidding. I had a, I had a legitimate medical emergency, and you're saying you couldn't come through because you couldn't get your hands on some pierogies. Well, I don't live in Northeast Pennsylvania anymore, so I don't have you know unfettered access to pierogies, which is sad because you know pierogies are actually kind of okay. You know, I I've yet to have a pierogi in lately. It's been a while. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know what pierogi is, uh, it's a uh, Polish, Slavic uh, pastry. Not pastry, it's a, it's a dish. It's basically like, it's, it's like chicken and dumplings except it's Polish, right? Where they have mashed potato and then they put it around like a little bit of dough and then there's onions and stuff and it's really good. Uh, also, thank you to Ace King Offsuit for subscribing for 36 months. That's three years. Wow. Three years of this. Three years of... Three years of being subscribed to myself. Yeah, which means you're losing money. (laughs) (laughs) We don't see all of that. (laughs) Uh, But anywho, uh, pierogies aside, welcome to Best of Five. We're an FGC talk show. (laughs) A weekly FGC talk show. And today we're going to discuss all the stuff that we missed, including the the Code of Conduct stuff, which seemed to have a lot of people... Uh, up in arms for some reason. Uh, we're also going to talk about all the new stuff, like new Guilty Gear things, new KOF things, and some stuff that won't be happening because we've got some heartbreaking cancellations uh, in one form or another. But before we even get started with all of the sad stuff or the happy stuff, we do need to do one thing, Steve. What would that be? Please tell me what that would be. We need you to give us one of those trademarked, copyrighted, patented, patent pending, recaps. So not patented. Patent pending. Just patent pending. Yes. Okay. You know, I was going to hold off uh, until we got that patent in, but I'm going to go through for you, for the people, because I am a man of the people. Uh, Street Fighter League is in the closing stages. Uh, We had uh, week 13 of 15, so just two weeks left uh, before we hit the playoffs. And it was a big, big win for All In, finally getting off the schneid after dropping three in a row. Uh, They get a 3-2 victory over Team Dynamite. Definite uh, with that win, they lock up their spot in the playoffs. Uh, Psycho Shinobi did what they had to do. Uh, actually, Sien did what he had to do. Uh, reverse OCV against UYU, who dropped to 0 and 9. Uh, rough times for them, but you now have a three way dance for the final two playoff spots. Uh, Dynamite and Psycho Shinobi both tied at 4-5. and five. Uh, They both have matches in uh, Week 15, Psycho Shinobi versus Nasser, uh, which could be a play-in game. 
and Dynamite versus Alpha 3. Uh, Nasser does have a chance to lock up a playoff spot with a win over Alpha 3 in uh, this upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that and all in trying to improve their playoff positioning uh, with a uh, match against UYU, hoping to end the season not winless. Let's see if let's see if they pull it off. Man, it, that's heartbreaking to see UYU, especially because. Oh, sorry, Steve. Uh, there we go. Especially because you know all the all the, all the all the people there are you know Oil King, JB, Kami. Like those are all great guys. Those great players. I guess I guess this format just doesn't work for them or something, because that's kind of crazy to see. It, you know, someone's gonna have to struggle. You know, it, even if you get six great teams. You're going to have one great team that that doesn't do well just by default because yeah. but someone's got to lose. single match? Was there was there any team in the Japanese Street Fighter League that lost every match as well that went on? Not, on... not in uh, this cycle. There were, I think, the most of them, the worst record was like two and seven. They did have ties as well, so... Mm-hmm. A little different format. Yeah. So whereas this one, you got to have a winner every time. And it's not like, you know, you look at the game differential uh, or the set differential. That really hasn't changed all that much over the past few weeks or a few rounds. Um, it They got hammered early, but like this week they lost 3-2. I believe their last couple ones they lost either 3-1 or 3-2. Um you know, it, it hasn't been one-sided. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to put it all together. Yeah. Well, sad times for Team UIU. But happy times for everyone else, I suppose. And with one more, or I'm sorry, two more playoff spots, Psycho Shinobi and Dynamite being so close in both, uh, or in the record, but Psycho Shinobi struggling with that game differential. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And they don't finish head to head, so uh, it'll it'll come down to the wire. Nasser with two games to play, they they've got they're going to have a lot to say about who gets in. Of course, they want to punch their ticket, but we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was Street Fighter League this week. Was there anything else this week, or should we look into your crystal ball, Steve? I don't I don't have the results for it, but I know there was this past weekend there was a VTuber tournament. Um, yeah, so Chikzama organized this. This was a tournament uh, for VTubers to play. And since we're talking about VTubers um, and anime avatars, you get one guess as to which game they're playing. Guilty Gear. No, Melty. Sorry, I meant, oh, I was going to say Grand Blue, but Melty? <laughs> they played Melty. Well, all right then. Matches must be And I, like I said, I, it, they can't not be dope. They can't. <laughs> I just want to see playing some an anime game. It Wait, just makes too much sense. Too Wait, much can, sense. Can they pop off? Like if they stand up, does the avatar register them standing up? I would imagine. You know, depending on how good the tracking software is. You know, I, 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 I have a challenge. Okay. If there is anyone who could recreate the K Brad pop off on Wolf Crone. In VTuber, <laughs> please. 
that would be the greatest thing ever. I just want to see like some little 14, 15 year old high school girl in like the full Sailor Fuku taking off the wolf crones and telling them about himself. <laughs> oh man. That was uh that was final round 2016, man. Good times. Actually, wait. 2017. It all feels like 20 years ago. Yeah, it <laughs> at does. This point. It really does. Uh and it's going to feel longer for reasons we'll get into later. Yep. Man, um that was a fun tournament. Anyway, uh, sorry, I'm just reminiscing in, into final round 27. I thought you were, I, 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 yeah, I thought you were talking about the VTuber tournament. No, uh, I did not see the VTuber tournament. I do plan on going to take a look gander at it because that sounds awesome. <laughs> Only if there's pop-offs. I, I, let's go full out. You know, if, if we're going to be in our houses for 2021, let's go full VTuber Street Fighter League. I want to see... I want to see a smug VTuber avatar. I want to see a Daigo VTuber avatar. I, j- just let it happen. Just make it happen. Well, you know what's cool is with the VTubers, you could also, like, you don't have to hold back on the pop-offs. Like, you can just pick up the other avatar and throw them away. <laughs> there might be some clipping. <laughs> well, Capcom has <laughs> taught us to learn with clipping. Okay, no, no. Fanatical Milk asking for a Hawaiian shirt man VTuber. That's just... That's just you're just repeating yourself. That's just redundant. <laughs> it's a little redundant, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love Hawaiian shirt, man. God. Who doesn't? All right, all right. Let's take a look at the crystal ball because there is a hell of a lot going on. Yeah, I saw, in I these saw next this. few. Yeah, there's two graphics, um, and this actually touches on uh, one or two of the announcements that were made. Uh, in the last day or two. Uh, kick it off on Wednesday. ICFC, you mentioned it uh, in previous weeks, but it's got a new little wrinkle this time. Mm. Uh, it is uh, one of the King of the Hill events for Tech at 7, which just got announced today. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So that's Wednesday. Thursday, you've got Street Fighter League. Friday, you've got uh, Fight Sessions Online, which is a KI World Cup event. Also, the start of Frosty Fostings. Uh, the big, yeah, that's going to be a fun uh, 10 streams for that one for the full weekend. Uh, you can, They've tweeted out a schedule already. I will have my version out a little later in the week. Uh, Anakin's hosting Scrub Cup on Saturday as well, which is another one of those Tekken King of the Hill events. And then let's kick it off. Uh, to yeah, there's another screen. There's more events going on. Uh, Ki Revival, another Ki World Cup event on Saturday. Uh, th- this weekend, you've also got the MK Pro League, uh, the European and a- Oceanic events. Uh, Ki Lives, which was just announced about an hour before we went live. Uh, Maximilian, dude, if you remember UMBC Three Lives, mm-hmm. uh, which was run by tw- uh, Twitch through- Rivals. Uh, partnerships, yeah, with Twitch Rivals. Uh, this is going to be a Killer Instinct version of that, so check that out on Monday. And then, uh, other than our show, you've also got the option of checking out Kawaii Clash, which is another one of those King of the Hill events. 
Wow, there's a lot going so, on. Busy, busy week. It's almost like we're getting back to the norm. <sighs> well, it's a new norm. Like it does. I will say this though. Having frosty faustings be this week, this weekend, has made it feel like the first time like there's a major happening to me. Right? Because other majors, because the transition had to be so quick between uh, canceling the event and then doing an online thing, it never felt like it was like a legit major. But with Frosty Faustings, every, like, everything is geared up for it to happen online. Every preparation has been made uh, that they can. Uh, it feels like it's a major. Right? Am I alone in feeling that way? It, it, it feels different. I mean, it's nice to have some sort of presence back. Um, we... It... Everyone seems to be doing uh, their own thing. You had a big rush of online majors or attempts at online majors, at least uh, when the pandemic started. But after that initial rush, and then as long and the longer this has gone gone on, a lot of communities have focused mostly on their own thing. So you're not seeing like the ten, fifteen game events, mm-hmm. um, and that's especially since you know. CEO, they had a few games, they ran an online event, but you, they only ran a few games. Uh, Combo Breaker last year did not run an online event. Um, the B, the Big E, did you didn't have any sort of Big E or final round uh, online event. And then Evo, obviously, was going to have some sort of online event, and then that got canceled uh, due to reasons. We all remember Reasons. what they were. We're not going to yes. Um, so it 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 feels like the you know it, there's not as many of these sorts of big let's get everybody under one tent sort of events, mm-hmm. uh, at least at this point. So it it does feel a little different uh, versus you know before pandemic where pretty much everyone and their mom was trying to run a 10, 15, 20 game event yeah. trying to become the next evo right either way exciting weekend ahead of us exciting week ahead of us right up until tuesday you know so yeah uh i'm excited uh, i'm also super cool man i need to there it is i found my stick uh i need to bust out my stick and start playing fighting games again because it's been a while like with i i just recently moved and I, then i had to build out this desk so it's been a while since i like actually sat down to play a fighting game again i think i'm gonna sign up for one of these tech and king of the hill events i think i'm gonna do it if i can i don't know if i'm allowed to or not just because i don't know if it's like an open bracket type of thing but i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna do it so we'll see what happens uh but it is super cool to see like you know uh smaller events like the Tekken King of the Hill events, and, like, Eric, Eric Man, his name is Eric Man, not Eric Eric Man, or Eric, Eric, Eric Man, I can't read, and in the chat is saying that it, it feels like we're about to tune into an Honest to God major again, and I think that's kind of how I feel, I think that sums it up, it's like, Frosty Faustings, yeah, I mean, it's online, but it's like, yeah, we got something, sick. The, the, the only thing that makes it feel a little different for me is every game is pretty much going to have its own stream each day. Mm -hmm. You don't have that one sort of... I know it sounds silly, but it changes the feel when you've got a top eight for 
like Street Fighter, and then you've got a top eight for Mortal Kombat, then you've got a top eight for Tekken. It feels sort of like having it all on one channel adds to the feeling of it being a true event, like one unified event versus a whole bunch of uh, parallel running uh, tournaments. Yeah, well, here's the that thing just too: happen to be under one umbrella. This is this is actually my complaint before the pandemic hit because we didn't have that. We haven't had that for a while, right? Because every time we would go to a major, the Mortal Kombat finals would be on the NRS channel at the major, and then they would stop and they would switch, and the Tekken finals would be on the Tekken channel. The Capcom fi- finals would be on the Capcom Fighters channel. So we haven't had that for a while. Like the oh, let's take a break oh. while we switch out the PlayStation Four for an Xbox Three Sixty type of thing, you know? It, yeah, I mean to be fair. Oftentimes, for those games, they were using the same stream station. A little bit behind the scenes, but uh, uh, most of those channels run as sort of like white label service, Mm -hmm. where someone like a Spooky or a Bifuteki or someone who's who's already streaming at the event will run the stream. They just happen to use the Capcom Fighters account or the Tekken account. I don't know if that's something I'm not supposed to say. If it is, sorry for ruining everybody's. Uh, well, I mean, it's shit. assumed, right? Because like, what else would? What else? Because like, could you imagine having like Spooky is running a top eight for uh, for Mortal Kombat, and then all of a sudden Spooky has to switch out all of his equipment while they get somebody else to run the Capcom channel? I mean, come on now, they already have to switch that out the PS4s. <laughs> that would be really funny, but it would be awful. I would not want to be a part of that. <laughs> That would just be, like, headaches in the making. Uh, but any who's Super excited for this coming week. Looks looks like fun. It, feel, it feels like FGC again, right? It's beginning to look a lot like FGC. I mean, this week does. Um, there, there are some other things that we'll talk about that kind of detracts from that, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Now, Steve and chat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to toss you guys the ball. Do we want to talk about the happy stuff or do we want to talk about the sad stuff? Do we want to sprinkle in the sadness with the happiness? Where where do we want to go from here? I think we should talk about uh, at least the King of the Hill stuff to start things off since I brought it up on oh, yeah. uh, during the recap. So gotcha. this it. was yeah this was announced uh, yesterday. Uh, Bandai Namco. Uh, excuse me, Bandai Namco announced that they were partnering with uh, community tournament organizers and creators uh, to create a King of the Hill series. Uh, so they're going to partner with several different events. Uh, you saw the first three uh, coming up this week, but we actually have a schedule for the first five, which have been announced. Uh, obviously, ICFC, Scrub Cup, and Kawaii Clash. This week, you also have uh, Taste Buds Bout on Tasty Steve's channel next week, and then the week after, Equinox Gaming running an event on their channel. Um, so, it on the one hand, it's great to see this sort of partnership. Great to see some sort of backing. I We don't know how much backing it's going to be, uh, whether it's financially or just uh, promotion. I know Astro Gaming is going to provide some prizing or at least some swag for winners so on the one hand that's awesome to see on the other hand though it does feel like a reminder that this is 
not this is going to be another year where we're not going to have a lot of these tournaments because if you think about it by now we would start to be hearing rumblings about um what the capcom pro tour schedule would look like what the tech and world tour schedule would look like um you know evo would typically have their game announcement uh either the end of this month or the end of next month so and we're not getting any of that so it is sort of a reminder that hey this year is not gonna look like normal again uh and it might be a while before we get to that point i agree however this is a genius idea to help some of the fgc content creators like what a what a really awesome idea to like basically give the reins of this tournament to a content creator's channel. I think that's I'm a, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that a clap. Uh, that's a that's a super neat idea to make sure that the community is still involved and everyone is still in this together. So like I I I'm in love with this idea, man. Good shit, Tekken. Good shit, Tekken. Yeah. Whoever did it over and, there. And, and let's not. Let's not say that Tekken's the only company doing this, because right. if you ever see the tweets from SNK's account, like, this tournament we are supporting with our official esports program, and the level of support they give varies. Uh, this just seems to be more of a higher profile push to that instead of a one-time here, check out this event, or here, check out uh, what they're doing in Brazil with this tournament. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Check it out. This seems to be more of a unified uh, push. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, this is really cool. I'm happy. Um, happy to see it. Uh, yeah, mostly because you know uh, that was one of the things that we kind of talked about at the very beginning of this whole pandemic thing is you know like a lot of people that make their money by going to tournaments like commentators, announcers, tos, hosts, whatever were hurting. So. This I think this is a really good way to give people like a little bit of a uh, little bit of love in the beginning of this year, and hopefully this is a format that keeps going uh, even after the pandemic's over. Because you know, every everybody deserves everybody that does so much for the FGC also deserves a little bit of help back. You know what I'm saying? Like, put put you know, it, it, there's no expectation to get anything back, but it's always great when it, something does happen, something does come out of it. So I'm a fan. Now, Steve, you mentioned that. This would be the time where we would probably be hearing about future tours. We we have heard some things about the near future that have not been so great. And everybody wants to get all the bad stuff out of the way first, so let's get through it. First and foremost, last week, yeah, we got announcement an announcement from the folks over at Capcom that wasn't necessarily unexpected. But still hurts nonetheless. And it was that Capcom Cup has been officially canceled. So this is the second time that Capcom Cup was canceled. If you'll remember, uh, when the 2020 season was initially announced, uh, the original plan was for, the, for Capcom Cup to take place at the end of 2020 in Paris. Then we had the... Uh, pandemic that got canceled uh, they they shifted around some things and then they announced that there would be an offline Capcom Cup somehow in the Dominican Republic 
but unfortunately, last week we got word that Capcom is going to pull the plug on an on an offline Capcom Cup for this season. We do have uh, the statement that reads in part, quote, Due to rising cases of COVID-19 worldwide, we have unfortunately made the decision to cancel Capcom Cup and the Street Fighter League World Championship scheduled for February 19th through February 21st. While we strongly believe that we could have executed a great event with limited risk to players, staff, and crew, we have reevaluated as the situation has evolved and the state of this global pandemic has heightened. They go on to say, in its place, we will be producing an online-only season final so that we are still able to highlight the best players from, from this season. All players who won an online premiere will be invited to participate in the final, and we are in the process of reaching out to all eligible players to secure their par participation. Details on the revised format will be available on CapcomProTour.com in the next few weeks. End quote. Oof. Now, let me ask the important question. When's Dan? I'm kidding. Uh, no, but for real though, it it's again, it's we're we're so used to this by now. At least I am. Where it's like, ah, shit, that sucks, but it makes sense, right? Especially with all the new variants of COVID going around. Especially with all the crazy shit that's been happening. It absolutely is the difficult yet correct decision to make, in my opinion. The thing with organizing offline events, and this is something we'll get into later when we talk about Combo Breaker, uh, those decisions you have to make now. It, it, you, can, you can leave it a little later for something like a Capcom Cup that's only going to have uh, like 20, 30 participants plus the staff to run it. But if you're talking about a big event where you've got people flying out from all over the country... Uh, Especially convention size, like a CEO, like a combo breaker, like a, like or even an Evo. You have to have those agreements in place now. You have to have those contracts signed now, if it's going to happen in six months. And so, if if you don't know for sure that you can run right now, you know that you, we can guess that things will be better by July. We can predict that they'll be okay by September, but we don't know that. You know, Capcom's in the position where they got to make that call for an event next month. So, it absolutely makes sense. It's the right call. It sucks that it has to be this way, but it is 100% the right decision to make. Yep. Now, the question is, what's going to happen with prize money? What's going to happen with the format? Are we going to talk about an online match between Japan and New York is is that going to be something they want to show off? Who knows? Yes, yeah. I say yes. <sighs> I want to see Punk versus Daigo. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh wait, Punk's in the west, east, west coast. I want to see Idom versus Daigo. Let's go. That be. I mean, offline that would be a. That'd I want to see it online. I want to. I mostly want to see. I want to see it just for curiosity of what's going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, you you do have, you know, obviously, if this was an offline season and they have to make the switch to online, 
there would be questions about, you know, the integrity of it because you're qualifying one way and then the finals are a different way. This, I don't really mind as much uh, because, you know, you, you're talking about players who, who earned their spot in the finals through online play, and now the finals are going to be online. So I don't think there's really going to be as much of an argument against it as there would be in perhaps previous years. Do we, my question is, or go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. What's your question? Mike, what I was going to ask is, or what I was going to ponder is, if we're talking about maybe regionalizing the online matches, do we, do we have smaller prize pools for the players? Like, okay, the Asian players are going to compete in their own tournament and that will have like a $50,000 prize pool. North America will compete for 50000 something like that. Are we going to have one major tournament uh, for $200,000? Are we just going to send... Are they just going to send everybody a small chunk or an equal chunk of the prize pool and say, hey, here you go. This is your... This is basically your appearance fee for participating in this final. You know, everyone gets 10K. Well, here's the thing. I want to go back to what you said and what some people in the chat are saying that this year, no matter if there was a Capcom champion or not, if there was, they were going to, there was always going to be an asterisk, asterisk by their name, right? As in like, ah, oh, this wasn't a real Capcom cup, blah, blah, blah. I feel like when Mena won, there's already like been this like shitty asterisk next to his win, right? Because they're like, oh, he didn't actually win, whatever, he got lucky, whatever. So we're already like, I feel like people were already trying to put asterisks on different Capcom cups to begin with. So I don't necessarily see how this would have been any different. Specifically because look at the people that qualified, right? It's a lot of the same people that we would expect to see at a Capcom cup with like one or two exceptions. Yeah, it's so, kinda... I don't think it matters all that much, to be honest. I don't think it all matters. I, I feel yeah. like it would have probably played out in a very similar way had if we were living in, diff in two different timelines where we had the non-pandemic timeline where Capcom Cup happened, and then we had the pandemic timeline where Capcom Cup did happen. I feel like those results would be similar, if not the same. Yeah. I mean... I, I've talked about Mena's win before and how people reacted to it, and I'm not going to rehash that. Um, the players who qualify this way, they're pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. You know, it. The, if you had offline qualifiers under the same format, you know, winning in, you might have a few different names, but it's not like these people would suddenly go 0-2, 1-2. Yeah, they're very talented players. They, you obviously have to be talented to get deep in a tournament, whether it's online or offline. So, these are players that absolutely deserve the opportunity to shine in some form, whether that's one big massive tournament with 200k on the line, whether that's you know an exhibition or a money match thing, or whatever they end up doing for Capcom Cup. These players absolutely deserve some time in the spotlight and i'm glad that they're still gonna get it in some form yeah you know what i think they should do 
How much was the prize pool last year for the 2019, the one that I had on? Was it a quarter of a million for him? It's 25 pounds? I, I believe it was 250K for total prize pool. But this to year is 200,000. Wait, wait, was it 250,000 for IDOM or 250,000 total? Uh, you know what? Let me pull up my folder because I do have graphics from 2019 yeah because because i'm trying to think if it was i can't remember if it was a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars right that's too long ago uh but while you're looking that up i'm going to address something in the chat so somebody's saying that they disagree with my take on it because tokido and punk didn't qualify and they think tokido and punk would have qualified now here's the sitch the format of this year was two people or two uh, players per region are coming to Capcom Cup. That changes things, right? It's not just an open bracket where you can get everybody from every region and better players play. Uh, better players make it, right? Two people per region make it. So with that caveat in there, I absolutely think Takedo and Punk probably would not have made it. Before we even get into anything further, we need to thank NDO103 for 37 months. 37 months. Oh, you got to one-up me. You got to one-up me. You were late subscribing to your own show, Steve. I thought being here was enough. No, it never is. Uh, thank you so much, NDO, for your subscription for so long. One of the OGs. Thanks for being here, bruv. Super appreciate you. Uh, Infinitude, it feels like they were trying to implement some of this stuff before the pandemic happened, right? Specifically when they started doing uh, regional finals uh, and regional qualifiers and all this other stuff. So it's one of those things where this was an opportunity that they had to make make a format this way. And part of me believes that they probably would have done it eventually to try it offline. So I don't think things are that much different. TBH. Especially but, if we're if we're if we believe the rumor that was flying around that this year that the pan uh, the the pandemic pandemic I can this year the panini impacted things mm -hmm, it did panini's um, impact everything. There was that rumor that they weren't really expecting a full year of Street Fighter Five, which is why we had sort of the weird rushed uh, announcement of season five, mm -hmm. which is sort of why we, we are having a different format for Capcom cup. Um, I don't know how much stock we can put into that, but that was the rumor that was going around. Also, uh, just to clarify the prize pool for last year's or for the 2019 Capcom cup was just under 380,000 okay. total, uh, 250,000 for first place uh, for Ida. Okay. So you picked a good year to win. Okay. So total, like, let's just round it up to 400,000, right? What I think Capcom should do is find other prizing to give away this year. That's not the, the 200,000, right? They had to cancel the event. They're doing it online. If people, like, we're already, we're already seeing this in our chat, and there's a lot of people who are going to agree with this, is since there's going to be this asterisk, that Capcom Cup is online, then save that prize money and make next year or the next local Capcom Cup, like the in-person Capcom Cup, be 600000 700000 
That's what I think they should do. But, no, I, I disagree with that. Because these players, whether or not you want to say offline is more legit than online, these players worked hard, they mm-hmm. busted their ass, they put in the time to say, hey, if I win this, I get a shot at $200,000. And they should get a shot at $200,000. Yep. How are they going to do that? Figure it out. You know, <laughs> in, in some way. You know, I don't want to see this this pricing rolled over. Because, yeah, it would be hype for next year, but that would screw over the players who put in the work now during this year where... You know, obviously, there were a lot of other things on people's minds. Mm-hmm. And I want to see them at least get some sort of reward for the effort they've put in. Sure. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because having... Let's look at it from Capcom's side, right? Like, you had to cancel the event. You had to cancel all this stuff. So how do you justify still spending all that money? Although, granted, they probably already have to pay, like, all the cancellation fees with hotels and everything else. So well, oh, well. I mean, you you're talking about uh, Capcom Cup. Yes. Um, they might. Have, who knows what their insurance covered for the cancellation of the first event? Uh, because whether a lot Was of there a... events don't necessarily have coverage for pandemics, or at least didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that a few events kind of hung on to. Uh, and canceled later than they would have, and they specifically said that was why. Mm-hmm. Um, I like but, for a little you know, idea. Pay them, pay them in bison bucks. You know, just give them, give them a chundle if they win. That's basically worth two hundred thousand dollars anyway. I I think they should get all the chundles. <laughs> yeah, all should, the chundles. They should That's play for the prize money. They should get their opportunity at prize money, but then they should also get all of the chundles that have ever existed in Street Fighter V. Yeah, and their and the opportunity to contribute, <laughs> and they contribute a costume to the chundle too. So they design the costume <laughs> for the chundle. Uh man. Uh, anywho, uh, I guess we'll. I guess that still remains to be seen. And you know, uh, like the statement said, uh, CapcomProTour.com in the next few weeks. So, and this was last week. So. Maybe they'll have some news next week or soon. Uh, but this wasn't the only cancellation that was on our plate, Steve. And, you know, it hurts. And, and every cancellation hurts. This one hurt the most, I think. Mostly because I still have a credit from last year. You're getting that back. Well, I mean, I, my flight credits are still credits. I can save them until whenever I want. My hotel credits are now in my bank account. I got the refund. So... Am I happy about it? No. Am I glad that it's back in my bank account? Sure. I'm glad I didn't get shafted out of 500 bucks. But this week, I believe, was it today or was it yesterday? It was today. Today? Um, Because it was, yeah, it was just going through my mind that, hey, we haven't heard anything about this particular event yet, and we usually do. Yeah. Uh, But today. Go ahead. We got the unfortunate news from the friend of the show, amazing human being, Rick DeHato, that Combo Breaker 2021, the offline event, is canceled. 
It's gone the way of the dodo, just like Capcom. Well, no, gone the way of the dodo is not fair to say because that's instinct. Extinct, not instinct. Uh, but it has been canceled for this year, the offline event of it does Breaker ha- 21. It, it does have a pretty killer instinct, I have to say. It does. Dodos do? Dodos, yeah. Well, I mean, they're extinct, they get- so maybe they didn't have enough instinct maybe uh, <laughs> yeah their their instinct was not killer enough uh, but if any dodo survived th- th- you know they gotta yeah but you, you know, know what uh, this joke has gone off the rails yes let's go back to being sad about comma breaker <laughs> uh it's it's unf- I, I don't want to say it's unfortunate right because it's like again like i just said this it's like it sucks i'm not happy that it's canceled but it's the right call because you know how else are we gonna Stay safe during all this shit. Like, I, I just pre-registered for a vaccine. I don't even know when that's happening. So it's like, if there's no end to this in sight, then there's no point in getting all this shit up and running before we're ready. Do you get any sort of swag with your pre-order? Uh, I pre-registered, not a pre-order. It, it just seems so weird that we... I mean, that's the way it of the world but it seems like it's just like we're now talking about vaccines in a similar way that we talk about sneakers (laughs) and sneakers yeah well you better not miss this drop (laughs) (laughs) oh man but i mean it's it's scary for sure and but you know, things are moving along. Mark man will somehow end up with 10 vaccines (laughs) (laughs) like who wants it Anywho, oh anywho, man! Hopefully, to 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 sum it up, hopefully all this shit ends after we all get vaccinated. And it is kind of scary that all those variants are going around, and you know some of them are more resistant to vaccine than others. But either way, hopefully this is all going to be in the rearview mirror sooner rather than later. However, we've taken another casualty in the loss of Combo Breaker twenty twenty one. It is very sad, uh, heart wrenching, but logical and correct. And I believe, uh, Steve, do you want to hit us up with the com- or the official statement? Yep. Uh, so the statement that they re- released today in part says, quote, due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and following government guidance regarding mass indoor gatherings in 2021, we are confirming today that Combo Breaker is unable to host its annual convention this Memorial Day weekend. The ongoing impact of COVID-19 has made safely hosting an indoor event of combo breaker size impossible this May in Illinois, and Illinois is our home. Last year, when combo breaker was canceled for 2020, we believed we would be gathering together to play games again later this spring. To accept that life has other plans for us is deeply frustrating. Uh, They do go on to say, quote, uh, in the past year, I, being Rick Dehato, who's one of the lead organizers of the event, spoken to attendees, viewers, and staff about what Combo Breaker has meant to them. These conversations have helped me uh, believe that our team can offer more than just an offline event experience. Given that, we are going to try something new this year. Over Memorial Day weekend 2021, we will be keeping the spirit of Combo Breaker alive with a multi-day digital festival. We have a lot of work to do to bring our vision to life, and we are looking forward to sharing it with you. End quote. FGC Firefest. 
minus the oh, minus man. the scam. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, is it really FGC? If you well, take the scam, yeah, out you're of not it? wrong there. <laughs> uh, but man, it's sad. It's rough, but it's the right thing to do. As the hey. as the the right things to do are usually the most difficult things to do. Yeah, Finitude points it out. Two years of cancellations. We're yep. we're talking about especially these events in the early part of the year. The combo breakers, the NCRs, the SCRs, the CEOs, final rounds. We haven't heard anything about final round. We can pretty safely assume there's going to be no final round 2021. It... If... If you're a TO and this is your primary way of making money, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's hard. What? Yeah. At the the silver lining to this is I feel like Combo Breaker did so well last year with the retrospective, mm-hmm. being able to pull out so many great matches from the past. Um and the fact that he says it's an online digital festival and knowing that it's Rick and Rick doesn't like or he is going to do everything he can to make it a show. He is going to do something big. I don't know what it looks like yet, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a very, very pleasing event for anyone who watches it uh i thought it was super impressive that rick and the crew over at combo breaker along with everybody else uh that helped stream the event in the past uh shifted so quickly to make that combo breaker retrospective a thing because if i remember correctly like it was less than a month when they before they canceled like it was less than a month to the event if not like a week or two. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember it being extremely close to the event because I had my flights booked. Uh and I and I booked them late too on top of everything else. So it was it was one of those things where I was super I remember being super impressed with how they shifted to doing that retrospective so quickly and the amount of work that Rick put together to mail everybody's stuff out. I actually just saw I I I like I said earlier I moved and I just uh, unpacked a box that had all my combo breaker stuff that got shipped over uh, after everything got canceled. So if they were able to get all of that done in such a short amount of time and having to pivot things so quickly, I cannot wait to see what they have up their sleeves this year. Yeah, the, the cancellation came at the end of March, March yeah. 31st last year. So two months to turn around and put that together still a very impressive uh doing um and i mean we saw we saw a lot of that we saw sort of the ceo uh program Mm -hmm. they did something along those lines uh we had uh cap uh capcom pro tour and tekken world tour doing their throwback events where they rebroadcasted old events Uh, are they going to do that again this year who knows Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to see what people have up their sleeves. Just because now everybody is expecting things to stay as they are. So I'm excited to see all the creative things that we're going to see out of our t- fellow TOs 
and everybody calling the shots. So I'm I'm excited about that kind of stuff, you know, because it's you know it's human ingenuity, right? Uh, we get dealt a hand and we play our way up to the top. That was a bad analogy, uh, yeah. but yeah, okay. Combo breaker is dead. Well, this year, uh, offline is done. But uh, there was also something else that happened last week that we need to talk about, and because it, it's it's pretty important. And it's kind of a big deal. Thank you, Trevzor. Uh, everything will be okay. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of things being okay and all good, uh, Kwanzai has resubbed, one-upping everybody else for 38 months. So thank you, Kwanzai. One of the true OGs. It just keeps getting OG-er. Make, making us all look bad now. So, Steve, you were two months late to subscribe to your own show. I'm turning this way because this is where Steve is at. My camera's over here, but Steve is here. So I looked Steve right in the eye and said that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's let's talk about it, right? We, we, we were going to chat about this uh, last week. Uh, I even came prepared, and I spoke with a couple people about it. Uh, but last week, we got the big announcement that the a bunch of people got together, and they've created an FGC code of conduct. Now, what does this mean? All it is is a group of people within the FGC got together, racked their brains, and created this beautiful document that is suggesting it's it's not like a law type of thing, right? It's a, a suggested guideline on how to handle uh, uh, personal conduct in and out of tournaments. Right, and it with it, it also provides a great way of reporting and a great way of keeping track of uh, people who have broken these conducts and have been an issue in the FGC. Now, the thing that took me by surprise was that this came weeks after the disbandment of the Smash Code of Conduct, right? Where the people who were doing the smash code of conduct and the smash uh, community uh, overlords. I don't, I don't know what else to call it. I'm sorry. That's not the right word, but they're nicer about it. Uh, <laughs> the members of the code of conduct. Yes. Uh, they had just decided to disband the council because they were struggling to keep up with all of the things that were being reported and struggling to uh, on handling all of it that came down on them at once. So... I found it very odd that immediately after this is when we get the FGC version of this, right? Although, like, I don't necessarily know if it's, like, the FGC version of it, but uh, it is... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to say it. it is the FGC version of it, right? Because that's basically all it is. Uh, it's just a suggested rule of guidelines on how people or how to handle people and how to handle reporting and all this other stuff. So... The reaction of it has been very surprising to me. Uh, there's been a lot of it going on. Steve, what do you think? What are your thoughts on all this? Well, I mean, something like this, it is, it's been coming for a while. There had always been talk about a code of conduct being needed um, across various events. Uh, many members of the community had been pushing for something like this and some members of the community were pushing against something like this um 
there's always the question of when you have something like this, there's always the question of buy-in. You know, uh, how a code of conduct works is basically it's only good at the events that agree to host it. So even so, if you have the greatest code that everyone thinks is awesome, but none of the tournaments ag agree to go by it, then it does nothing. Whereas this, the, you know, you're going to have more people buying in because I do recognize some of the names in the signatories. Uh, you know, obviously Ultra David was a big part of putting this together, uh, but people like uh, uh, Thy Pirate King, who's going to be part of the stream team for, um, excuse me, uh, Frosty Fastings this weekend. Joe Monday, who runs the online local, formerly known as the uh, Reddit Street Fighter online events. Uh, Shogun, who's a, a very good uh, back, uh, yeah, very good member of the Minneapolis scene, my local scene. Um, Seabreeze, uh, there's a, there are people who are big parts of the community in here. They may not necessarily be as high profile as, um, like, a Big E or a Jabali or someone like that. And I think a lot of people are thinking because they aren't part of that team, because their name isn't front and center on this, that this sort of came from nowhere, that these are allegedly a bunch of nobodies who put this together. So why should they have a say over what I want to do at a fighting game event? So there's always going to be pushback on that. Um, but let me actually link to the code of conduct in, in chat itself. It yep. is fgcoc.com. Yep. And while you're I'll doing that, link it. Uh, while you're doing that, I want to throw out some thoughts. Because here's the thing. My first knee-jerk reaction is, who the hell are these people, right? Uh, but then as soon as I saw Ultra David's name on there, I think I felt a little bit more uh, safe in trusting it initially. Because uh, as far as I know, uh, and as far as I know David, I think he is one of those people that wants the best for the community. And, you know, he's called me out on a couple of things that I've said on the show that I was wrong about. And I was happy to say I was wrong. Uh, so I trust him. And he trusts this. Uh However, after doing a little bit of research on it is when I found out that these are all people that work on the local level. And I think that this coming up from the local level is what's going to make the FGC so much stronger and is going to help things so much more. Because at the bottom, uh, at the bottom of it all, the local scenes are kind of what the FGC is built on, right? Local TOs. Local players, you see each other on a weekly, if not more, basis. So if somebody is causing issues on the local level and they're planning on going to a bigger tournament, like these, the people that are in this uh, code of conduct committee know what to do or how to handle it or who to trust and who to not to trust, right? Uh, that, I think, is going to be the most important thing. And it's going to make things so much smoother and easier than it coming from, like, an EVO level down. Because with an EVO level, like, it's everybody in the same place, right? Everybody can go. Uh, so is shit going to hit the fan at EVO? Absolutely. Things are going to go wrong as they have. Uh, and creating something like this is very important. But if you're going at it from a top level down, 
you're gonna miss a lot of things between the cracks and you're gonna miss a lot. So having it come up from the local scene and having the local scene basically di dictate what is going to be best is going to be the absolute best way to A, ensure that every, every single person is safe, right? Because again, if it happens at a local level, it's gonna happen at other levels too. So dealing with it there is going to be very important. And on top of it all, when people are getting used to these rules at a local level, if locals do that, uh, if uh, local tournaments, if and when they come back, uh, start adopting these, players are going to be more aware of the rules and are going to do a better job at handling themselves in other tournaments that also adopt these, right? It's going to be a standardized thing that comes from the bottom up, so everybody's going to get used to it. And, and things are going to uh, work a lot smoother, in my opinion. I hope what I said makes See, sense because I, I kind of lost my train of thought halfway through there. I get what you're saying. I what I worry about is, you know, if there is going to be one code of conduct, I think it actually would be a little better received, at least in some corners, if it came from if it came from the top down, because when we talk about how, what the format of a tournament is. If we talk about how many games, what the timer is, you know, when we talk about all of that, what do we call it? We call it the Evo standard. It's good enough for Evo. Therefore it's good. You know, we should run it that way. Whether I, I get what you're saying and I, and I agree with that, but I do think that at least for some people, this would have, a better chance of of buying in uh, if it were to come down from you know one of those more well known uh, events. If it was an Evo or CEO, or if it was rather like the top ten, uh, like if you had Big E and Larry and Rick and Jabali and Valle all in a room and they hash that out, I think people are going to say you know oh okay that that works you know because like i said it's it's and i hate to bring this to the, to the culture war because that's such a huge can of worms but i do think that people are going to try and tie this to the great culture war you know they're going to there's going to be a certain segment of our community that's going to see this as an edict from those on high telling them what to do and what not to do at their own events. And there's going to be pushback on that. Re regardless of who it comes from, there's going mm -hmm. to be pushback based on that. So I don't necessarily know if what, if coming from the local level and going up or coming from uh, you know the bigger events and trickling down is going to be better in terms of buy-in. Yeah, well, let me, let me rebuttal this with two thoughts. First... As we've learned by this experiment of the United States, trickle-down never works. Second, uh, with this coming up from a local level, right? Uh, I think I mentioned this in my last point. If I did, I'd tune myself out because I was rambling. Uh, this coming up from a local level is, is so important because EVO happens once a year, right? Tw twice a year if you count EVO Japan, right? Uh, CEO happens once a year, twice a year if you count CEO Taku, Three times a year if you count CEO of Wonderland. Uh, Big E events, three times a year, right? Uh, April Annihilation, Summer Jam, and uh, NEC and Winter Brawl. Four, sorry. Uh, those only happen 
very few times compared to a local weekly. And having this come up from the people who do this every week. Even though the scale is smaller, having this code be forged in the weekly uh, events that take place and uh, seeing people come in and out on a weekly basis is only going to make it better when it reaches up to the top. Right? And giving... People from the local TO, uh, from the, uh, giving the TOs from a local level this ability to like help adopt this uh, into the into the uh, bigger majors that happen less frequently is uh, such a great way to basically like get everybody involved in a way that is going to be both extremely beneficial not only to the TOs that are involved uh, but is going to be beneficial to the attendees. Right, because we have a code of conduct that people are going to abide by. And then if shit hits the fan, there's a way to report it and there's a way to deal with it. Two, having this, even even if the bigger events don't necessarily adopt this code of conduct, having people come in from a local, uh, which is where, you know, uh, a lot of people do tend to start in the FTC, right? Every time you go to, like, you start out at a major tournament, you go to a major tournament, you go to Evo, and you talk to other people. They're like, how do I get good? How do I start playing? Go to your locals, right? Everybody says it. Uh, I forgot. <sighs> lost my goddamn train of thought again. Uh, but I think what I was hitting at is this. Having, e even if the, oh, I remember now. Even if the, the majors don't necessarily adopt these code, code of conduct suggestions, uh, it basically makes everything so much smoother for everybody because it gives everybody like the bottom line, even at a local level, it gives them a bottom line of this is how you act. This is the shit you can't do. Don't be dumb. Instead of just saying, hey, it's common sense. Don't be an asshole, right? Because that's too broad as we found out. So, and even if people who are being assholes and breaking those two rules, like it's not enough. So I think having it start from a local level is going to be, and pressuring those uh, tournaments that happen less often is going to be uh, the best way to go about this. Uh, and even if it's not, you know, I could be wrong, but I think having people who see more of the FGC more often gives them a better idea of how to handle things and how things should be done. If that makes um, sense. Yeah. And I mean... If we're worried about the uh, specific contents of the code of conduct itself, uh, the code is mostly, you know, it, it's mostly common sense stuff that you would think that would be covered. Uh, don't beat other people up. Don't threaten them. Uh, don't don't uh, uh, don't take prize money. Don't don't fix matches. You know. That sort of thing. There's a couple others. There's a couple on there that I think that are getting more pushback than others, or at least worries about how open ended mm. the this per, the particular clauses are. Like there's one for um, uh, where where to go. I want to get the wording exactly right. Uh, some it, it it has to do with hygiene. Uh, let me do. There we go. Uh, creating a nuisance or hazard by neglecting personal hygiene, refusing to take hygienic, appropriate hygienic or medical precautions, or engaging in other, uh, encouraging others to commit any hygienically or medically unsafe behavior. So, 
there's the worry that at least on a base level that we're putting not showering on the same level as engaging in assault, battery, physical violence, uh, or abuse at an event. And this is this is the stuff that I feel like has to be worked out or, you know, at least we get some common sense uh, readings into it. Uh, but, I mean, on the whole, I think this is... I, I, I think this particular code of conduct is is perfectly fine yeah no i think it's a great document and the thing too is it's as far as i understand it and as far as i hope it is uh i hope it's a leave, living and breathing document right where it can be where things can be added and things can be taken away uh yeah. so that we're always refining this and making it the best it can be now somebody brought up in the chat uh uh, no slow Andy brought up in the chat uh, that the FGC is too poor for an enforceable code of conduct. Sure, it's going to be difficult, but starting to go down this avenue and starting to provide ways to report this behavior so that it can be dealt with is the first step into going down uh, into like getting this to uh, to an enforceable code of conduct. And I think the other part of this is the in, in terms of enforceability. We're such a mishmash of different events, different, you know, the the closest thing we have to governing bodies is uh, the publishers who are supporting the Pro Tours. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, your Capcom for the Capcom Pro Tour, Bandai Namco for Tekken World Tour, and, and what have you. So, aside from them coming down and issuing edicts... Um, issuing rules that only apply to uh, their own tournament, like Capcom, when they ban players, they only really have the power to ban them from their particular thing. Um, you know, Guilty. Uh, you, you know, we talked about bans of Guilty and Low Tier God and Infiltration. Mm -hmm. They could be banned from the Capcom events at EVO or Combo Breaker or what have you. But, you know, they those edicts had no real power aside from that. So if LTG wants to enter, you know, Smash Bros, if he really, really wants to, yep. there's no real reason for, uh, Capcom really doesn't really have a way to stop them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think it also goes down to, again, treating it at a local level, right? Because if you have somebody from your local who is breaking the rules... At a local level, that's much easier to enforce, right? Because you're you're not gonna see people falling through the cracks, uh, and like, because you know, if somebody gets banned from Evo one year, like, I don't I don't know what kind of things they do to enforce it, but like, if they just sign up with another name or something, right? Like, oh, change my name, legally. Uh, so who knows? Like, I'm, I'm sure they enforce it a little bit better than that, but do you? The the point is, I enforcing it at a local level is a lot more feasible than handling it at like an Evo level type of thing. Because people can fall through the cracks, and they often do when it comes to shit like this. So, uh, the other thing, too, is I reached out to uh, a couple TOs because I wanted to get their take on it. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are, uh, that are, they're the ones that this affects the most, uh, right? So, I reached out to uh, our boy. We talked about him just not 20 minutes ago, uh, Rick Tejado. Uh, and I had a really good conversation with him. And he had this to say. Let me pull it up. Steve, you do the reading because I'm illiterate. 
right. Uh, he said, quote, I believe anytime community members come together to work on resources and infrastructure, it's a good development. It creates connections, in this case international to my understanding, and often reignites conversations that are worth engaging repeatedly. The FG Code of Conduct Collective put together and offered their Code of Conduct guidance alongside much-needed reporting and investigation support services, an ambitious offering our community can certainly find value in having available. I think there will always be concerns about those resources being reliable and consistent, but those are concerns that can only be alleviated over time. As always, I am hopeful that because passionate community members combine to create something new, it will pr prove to have long-term value, end quote. And I think that kind of sums it up, right? It's getting the conversation started in us working towards a bigger and better FGC. Yep. And there's always going to be the question of, you know, is it going to be implemented fairly? Is it mm -hmm. going to be any favoritism? And that's something that really can't be adjusted or can't be really proven out until we start seeing issue, uh, decisions issued, which won't happen until events sign up, which won't happen until events start. So, <clears throat> pardon me. You know, obviously some of this is, uh, it does do, does apply to online events. And I know that uh, uh, Frosty Fosting said that they were going to follow it, but it doesn't really change what they do and don't allow. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty much in line with the, what they were doing anyway. Uh, but I think it's going to be different uh, seeing following this online versus offline. And I think when we talk about, <clears throat> pardon me, the other question is things that happen outside the realm of fighting game events. Um, you know, the whole thing with uh, infiltration, because that wasn't at a fighting game event. Uh, how much should they this apply to personal life but that's going to be that's a, another conversation for another day yeah and i mean at the end of the day too if some no nah, never mind you know what? screw it i'm not gonna say what i think i'm saying uh but minato asks in the chat has there actually been many incidents of physical assault or harm done at fgc events yes uh, seems like most of this regulates what people say and actions outside of tournaments, which is what Steve just hit on. But yeah, no, there have been a lot of things that have happened at tournaments. Uh, we've just been hearing, we heard about like the, uh, a bunch of like extremely brave uh, men and women uh, started talking about the sexual assaults that happened at EVO in 2019 and uh, a bunch of other events. This happens on a regular basis. It's just never reported, right? Which is, which sucks. That's fucked up. Uh and it's one of those things where this needs to be talked about and this needs to be handled. And I'm happy that we're working towards it. And I'm happy that a bunch of people on the local level, uh, as well as uh, people like Ultra David and a bunch of others who co-signed on this, uh, are helping us get there so that we can have a way of regulating ourselves so that this stops happening. Because at the end of the day, we all just want to go to tournaments, have fun, see our friends, and play games. Some people can't do that because they run into shit like this. So... So working working towards uh, having this be what it's meant to be is not a bad thing at all. And I think people were concerned that they didn't know the names of the people behind it. But after a little bit of research, you see, A, that these are people that work on a local level. 
and see and do this on a weekly if not more basis and at the end of the day too even if they weren't people from the local level even if it were just a couple of players who sat down and put this together like rick said in his statement that's not a bad thing right and it's a lot of people started attributing it to uh people going for power grabs or something like that like that's not what it is right like there is no power in the fgc <laughs> uh <laughs> like what is there to the like, control uh so but yeah um so i'm i'm happy about this i think this is a great thing and i think this is a good start to a good uh, it's it's a start to a good conversation into what we need to do better as a community so that when we do go back to these offline events everybody can uh everybody can actually enjoy the tournaments and not worry about all the other shit that's been happening that doesn't get or that gets swept under the rug so any other thoughts on the code of conduct and events uh probably something that we'll have to revisit down the road because mm -hmm. i yeah it is the nature of the beast but we've got 10 minutes left and we've got a few topics we need to cover. jesus wow this show flew by <laughs> <laughs> i honestly had no i thought it was like seven o'clock holy shit. all right well let's get to the, let's get to some of the fun stuff uh we got to the through all the sad things let's get to the fun things uh first Let's get King of Fighter stuff. Character trailers have been coming out. They're disappointing because they're so short, but they're still cool. Let's watch one. It looks very pretty. But how much do you get to see of his actual gameplay? That's it. Congratulations. He, now let's watch. That's it. <laughs> yeah. See, I think this one does a, a quite a bit better of showing what you know what the character is capable of. It's, you know, the first trailer, you know, the whole point of character trailers is to show off the character and show off what they can do in the game. It's really see to, weird to see an attempt to show off what they can do in the game before the, you announce what players can actually do in the game. Because mm -hmm. we still don't know a whole lot about systems. We still don't know how the tech, how the team system works if it's going to be the traditional team or if there's any sort of tag mechanic, anything like that. So that first trailer is sort of like, okay, let's see, let's show him doing cool stuff and, uh, you know, but not show anything. May take it, it looked like they were showing a few more things, a few more aspects of his gameplay. So it'll be interesting to see going forward how they handle it. For sure. And when we actually get, you know, the meat and potatoes of here's what you can do in KOF 15. Yeah. I think it just sound, it, it looks like it's one of those things where they're trying to imitate the style that Dragon Ball trailers were happening, right? Where it was a super short, here's what this character does, see you in the next tournament uh, type of thing. Uh, but... It looks like the first one was just a big misstep, right? And it could be because, A, they don't have enough to show, or they're trying to show something else, right? Because the Shune trailer, as terrible as a character trailer as it was, it was a cool game trailer, right? Because we saw all the particle effects. We saw the stage for the first time. We saw how the game moves for the first time, right? So I think they're getting there. Give them the first two were a little bit of a misstep, but let's see the third one uh, is all I'm going to say on that. 
Uh, anything else about Shune and Mei Ten Kun? Mei, Mei Ten Kun for King of Fighters fifteen? Uh no. Let's keep let's keep it going, baby. Let's keep it rolling. All right, here it is. We also got Guilty Gear news that's coming out later this year in like two months, right? I think. Uh, anyway, look at all these game modes. Oh, it restarted. Dang it. Uh, I'm gonna skip the first few parts. But anyway, let's look at some of these game modes. Uh, they announced a lot of the game modes that are gonna be in the game, uh, including tutorial mode. So if you like tutorials, Guilty Gear Strive is for you. Look at all the things you can learn. Uh, let's find the arcade mode. Street Fighter didn't have it until Arcade Edition. Guilty Gear has it on launch. Whoa. Now, do you want to suffer from PTSD after Street Fighter V? Then just you wait until this next mode that they show. Survival mode. Will you get disconnected before reaching the 99th opponent in a really hard survival thing? Well, that's yet to be seen. The problem with survival mode wasn't, survi wasn't survival mode itself. Um, it was it the way was that it was done. Yeah, the fact it was the way it was done, and the fact that it was it was basically that for anything close to arcade, right? And versus mode. You guys heard of this one? Ooh, that's a new one. That's now. Here's the thing: a lot of people were not happy about the lobby system in uh, the beta. Right? They were have, finding it very difficult to navigate. So let's take a look at some of the online things. Did they fix it? Did they not? Online lobby. Oh, it still looks the same. People are going to be pissed about this one. Uh, I think it was just a little bit difficult to navigate. Uh, but I think... Oh, well, I'm hoping that they reworked it, even though it still looks the same that it is reworked. Uh, they're still doing the towers thing, which, of course, they restrict, you, they restrict higher-ranked people from playing in the lower-ranked levels. Uh, which I don't think is a bad idea at all. But if you want to go up to, if you're a lower rank and you want to go to a higher ranked lobby, you sure can. Uh, they also have quick start. If you want to play, click quick start. And then you can too can play the game. And then there's player match, which I'm assuming is just, you know, the, the same old player match we've always had. And replay theater. This is new to Guilty Gear. You can watch replays. Crazy. Oh, wait. This is Guilty Gear. We can play Guilty Gear music. To refine your own play. Nah, never mind. They're talking. Um, but anyway, and then they talk about story mode. They talk about uh, a bunch of other modes. Uh, also, they what? Well, I thought this was gonna be like a reboot, but they talk about it being Soul Bad Guys' final choice. I don't know the lore of Guilty Gear, but you know, final seems to make me think it's the last one. Uh, then they have the Guilty Gear world where you can check on all the lore, and the gallery mode where you can look at uh, all concept art. And you could also listen to all the music and look at all these cool kind of things. This feels like a real game with lots of modes and lots of cool things that you can take a gander at when you're salty and need to take a break from playing online. I will say, you know, you, you say final mode or it, it final means final. Keep in mind, there have been five Final Destination movies. Very true. Also... After launch update, I forget what this guy says, but I'm pretty sure they're uh, already working on DLCs and all this other shenanigans, as much games, as many games do, tend to do. Uh, one thing they did note is uh, that I kind of skipped over in the trailer is that PS4 and PS5 are cross-play, but Steam is not. So, Also, if you purchase early, you can get special colors for Soul and Kai. There you go. You did it. And you get right. a 
season passes, uh, five additional playable characters in the season pass. So, oh yeah, and if you pre-order, you get three days early on the PlayStation. So there you go. Start playing early by pre-ordering. Good job, everybody. We did it. Uh, yeah, no no Steam crossplay. Who knows for how long? Uh, I don't know. But uh, five characters for season pass. You know, it's uh, standard FGC stuff. Uh, what's interesting is in the trailer, they mentioned reworked netcode, but they didn't say rollback specifically. However, we do know it's rollback. At least I hope it is because they said it was going to be. But, you know. Um, game's come, it's coming out soon. It comes out on the 6th of May, April. 6th of April. Yeah. If you pre-order early. 9th if you don't. Anything else we needed to hit on today? What else? I did want to do uh, my bestie of the week. Oh, yeah. What's your bestie of the week? Uh, so, on, so last Tuesday, um, there was a road rage incident in uh, Belmont, Massachusetts, I believe, uh, that took the life of 34-year-old Henry Tapia, who was known in the technical community as the bad guy. Um, several people got together. Um, the Fake Moves team, they put together a fundraiser for his family. They were hoping to raise uh, $10,000 for his family uh, because he has left behind um, he has left behind a wife or a partner and, and a child. Uh, they have raised so far one hundred fifty-two thousand dollars for his family. So, uh, Fake Moves team, thank you very much for helping in this time of need. You are my besties of the week. Damn good. Uh, it's always cool to see the FGC always has uh, the backs of its own when it's really needed. So good FGC. Good to everybody, and. Uh, Big ups to uh, the bad guy's family. And, man, it. <laughs> it happens, and it's sad, and it sucks. Life sucks. Uh, but we're all here for each other. So thanks, everybody. Uh, speaking of us being here, we are no longer here for today because our episode is over. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, sorry again for not being here last week. We had a, a bunch of separate emergencies happening with everybody. Like I said, I was hungry. I didn't eat breakfast, so I had to get that taken care of. And I'm sorry I didn't do the show. Uh, with all this said, I've been Elon. There's my Twitter. You can follow me there. This is the main squeeze, Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. There's his information up there. You can follow him there. We'll be back next week for more shenanigans, more, uh, more tables going up and down, more lights. I'm sure I'm going to hurt myself in one way or another soon, so... Steve, any final words? Um, just two. Good night, Canada. <laughs>